Okay, we are doing 1 Thessalonians. And Levi started last week. What did he tell you? Nothing? Didn't say a word? He must have said something. I know Levi. He's going to say something. What did he say? Who wrote it? Why? Thessalonica. How'd you like to live there? Where do you live? Thessalonica. All right. And why was he interested? church at Thessalonica. Did he have anything to do with it? This was all last week's lesson, right? What did he have to do with the church at Thessalonica? He founded it, right? He went and started it, right? He went to Thessalonica and started a church there. And he had a lot of trouble because they chased him all over. He started a church, run him out of town, chased him all over the place. He had a pretty tough life. They stoned him, <coughs> left him for dead, threw him out in, the, out in the woods somewhere, see if he was dead. But he got up, went back in, and started preaching the next day. So he was quite a fella, and he's writing a letter to this church in Thessalonica. Do you know anything about Thessalonica? Where was it located? In Greece. Okay. Yeah. And it was a place where <coughs> there was no church at all. Now, you've never been to a place like that. Neither have I. Everywhere I've ever been, there's churches. Churches around, some good, maybe some not as good. But there's churches here, there, and everywhere. But there was a time in the world when there wasn't any churches. So when you went into a town, you didn't go up and say, so where's all the local churches? You drive into Albion, and there's a great big sign, and there's about 20 churches you can go to in Albion. There's a city probably 10 times as big as Albion, maybe more than that, and there's not one church, nothing. Because nobody ever heard of a church. And so Paul starts one in Thessalonica. And that's where Levi told you what the history of what happened to Paul, how he got chased around and everything. And then finally uh, he started a church here. He had to move on, as he often did, because uh, people drove him away. And he went on to other places, and now he's going to write them a letter. This is the first letter that Paul ever wrote to a church. Uh, he wrote a lot of letters to churches. This is the first one that he would write to a church. So uh, we start, uh, and he, I think Levi went through verse 1 with you, so we're going to start at verse 2. And I'm going to ask you a question before we start.
question is, what are you going to do with your life? You're old enough now to start thinking about what you're going to do with your life. You got a whole life to live, and uh, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do? How are you going to get by? How are you going to live? When you're old and dead, and they throw you in the ground, what do you want them to say about you? And say, what do you do? I've buried a lot of people in my life. Take people to the cemetery and bury them. And there have been people that I buried that, as far as I know, didn't do anything in their life. Didn't do anything. Didn't accomplish anything. Didn't do anything. Didn't amount to anything. Just kind of lived their life, whatever they felt like. And then when it was over, nothing. Didn't do anything. And that's kind of hard to talk about people when they wasted their whole entire life. Didn't do anything useful, anything productive. So what do you want to do with yours? It's time to think about that. You're old enough to think about that and start considering what will you do with your life. And this is going to apply to us. See, he's writing a letter to Thessalonica. We say, well, we can read the letter, but what's it got to do with us? It's got everything to do with us. And we'll find out what he says here. Okay, so let's start at verse 2. Chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians, verse 2. Okay, let's stop there. So, Paul says, whenever I think of you, what do I do? Two things. What do you do? Be thankful whenever he thinks of them. And, of course, when he thinks of them, he prays for them, giving thanks. So, he's, that's a good thing to do. And you think about people, uh, give thanks. And then I want you to go on to verse 4. Knowing, brother and beloved, your election. Anybody got a different word there in your Bibles? Because they all say, what does yours say? Three things. 
to say. Work, labor, and work, labor, and patience of hope. Right. What's the, what kind of work does it say? Work of and labor of Faith, hope, and love. He says, so when I think about you, and I'm really happy because you're doing something, and you're working, and you're using these three things, faith, hope, and love when you work. What is it? What's faith? It's another word for faith. It's another word for faith. Believe. So you believe something. You have belief. You believe something. Your love. You love somebody. Who do they love? God. They believe. They have faith. They believe in God. And they love God. And they have hope. What's hope for? You hope for yesterday? Can't hope for yesterday. Yesterday's done. Right? Hope is only for the future, for tomorrow. You have hope in the future. So, you believe in God, and you love God, and you have a hope in the future for God, so you go to work. God shows you to work. What will you do with your life? What did God choose you to do? Work. So what's your life's work going to be? I worked for Pepsi-Cola for about 30 years, 40 years or something. And I worked for another company connected with that, <coughs> would you call that my life's work? You better not. Would you ever say, your life's work is working for Pepsi. Putting soft drink in a bottle and selling it is nothing. You mean nothing. You mean nothing. All right. What's my life's work? What am I doing with my life that has to do with that? Hard to guess, huh? It's my life's work. You're going to do something for God, and that's your life's work. And that's what these Thessalonians did. He said, man, when I think of you, it makes me happy. I'm thankful because you're working for God. How do you do that? Well, you work in a church. And the church was in Thessalonica. All right, so these people are working in the church, doing what they're supposed to do for God. You got to ask yourself a question. What am I going to do? I got to earn a living. All right, you can earn a living, but that's got not mean I have anything to do with working for God. 
somewhere you find a place to work for God, to do something for him, right? And that's what's important for you to know. So what are you supposed to do? Well, let's go on to the next verse, verse 5. Okay, let's stop here. Verse 5. For Paul came and he preached to them. What did he preach? The gospel. Right? They preached the gospel to you. Right? What is that? What's the gospel? It's in the whole Bible, explained through the Bible, but more in a precise way, it's the story of Jesus, starting with, well, where did he start? He was born in Bethlehem, right? He lived where? Jesus of Nazareth, lived in Galilee. And then he went on a cross, right? And he died. Then he rose from the grave. And then he ascended to heaven. And that's kind of the story of what Jesus did. All right, but what's the meaning behind it? If you're going to tell a gospel, you're going to have to say, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in a manger, and he lived among people. He did miracles, and then he died on a cross to forgive our sins. He rose from the dead so that we can live again. Then he ascended up to heaven, and he's ruling from heaven. And that's the gospel, good news, the story of what Jesus did. But what's that got to do with you? What do you get from it? What can this message do for you? What does the gospel give you? What do you get from it? What? You see it in your eternal life. Eternal life. What else? Well, I didn't hear what you said. I said you're talking about earth life as well. Or peace. Peace in your heart. things that you get because of this. So when we're telling people, here's what Jesus did, and this is what it will do for you, that's the work that we're supposed to be doing. So what do you want to do with your life? And tell the story. 
some way you got to tell that story to other people. Right? Now, one of the ways that works real good is what they're doing here. And let's read, uh, whoever read verse uh, six, start there. stop there. So, he said, you, verse 2, you became, verse 6, you became followers of me. So he said, you, people in Thessalonica, followed me. And because I follow Jesus, therefore, you follow Jesus too. Follow what? What's Paul to these people? He's an example. Okay, we watched Paul when he came and he preached and told us all these important things and we really like what he did. He helped us to understand and to receive those good things that God gave so we're following Paul, and Paul follows Jesus, so we're all going to follow those good examples. All right, we got good examples. And then, verse 7, you were examples to everybody in Macedonia. That's Greece and Asia Minor. And so you became good examples, and people said, you know, those people over in that church, they had a rough go of it, but they did good. They accomplished something, so we like to follow their example. And then verse 8, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but in every place your faith of God were to spread abroad. So he said, they're talking about you all over. Everybody is looking at your good Example. So, how are you going to make decisions in your life? You got decisions to make. A decisions to make. What am I going to do with my life? Right? We got to make that decision. Now, he says you've been called, chosen already. You've already been chosen. You don't have like, oh, I don't know if God wants me or not. He wants you. He's already picked you. He said, I want Natalia, I want Madeline, I want all of you. I'm taking you. I've already chosen you. Right? And there's work to be done, which is this gospel message to get this out. And he said, so you need to be a good example. Right? So how are you going to learn in your life to make decisions? How do you make What do you think? How do you make a good decision? 
How do you make a good decision? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Is that how you make a decision? I hope not. How do you make a decision? help you need a little guidance where do you go you find a good example that's what he says these people were good examples they saw Paul and they really liked what he's doing I'm going to copy that and that made them imitating Christ do what they said, and then they said, because they did such a good job, everybody wanted to copy them all over the place. You've got to have examples in your life of what is good, and that's going to help you more than any other thing to make the kind of decisions that you have to make as growing up people. So who's on your list? When I was your age, I had two lists. I had a list of four people that I wanted to be like. I had a list of four people I didn't want to be like. And I used to think about that a lot. I think if I could be more like that person, then I'd make good decisions. And so I looked for the best examples I could find. On my good list, was a music teacher of mine named Mr. P. Law. He was on my list. Because he worked hard at what he did. He accomplished things. And I said, I want to be like that. He was on my list. On my bad list, I had another music teacher who kind of tried to discourage me. And I'm glad I followed a good example because I use music every all the time. See? But I had a good example and a bad example. I don't want to be like that guy. I want to be like him. Right? So who would you put on your list? If you had to have a list of four good examples to follow, who'd be on it? I had a preacher on my list of people not to be like. <laughs> I had a guy who wasn't very nice. I decided I'm not going to be like him. And when it was time for me to step up and be a preacher, I thought a lot about that. On my list was this guy who wasn't very nice. Wasn't very nice. Say, you want to be like that? No, I don't want to be like that. Well, somehow, because you're given, you're like a piece of clay. See? We can mold it any way we want. So, how do you want to mold your life? Well, we've got to find a good example to follow. Of course, Jesus was Paul's example, Paul was a Thessalonian example, but they came examples the whole country of Greece. As they made good choices, what were they doing? They were working for God. Somewhere in your life, you've got to find a way 
to serve God. You've got to do something for God. You've got to pick out a good example, somebody to do. Let's see what these people did and see if it goes on. Verse 9, wherever we are. So these people in Thessalonica had a very serious life change. They were living in a town that made idols for a living. So if you wanted to go down to the local market and you wanted to uh, learn a trade, there's a pretty good chance they'd hand you a hunk of wood or a piece of brass, melt this and make an idol out. And that's how you made your living around there. Selling idols, you could do that. And uh, they said, we don't want this anymore. We don't want to do this anymore. We want to make a good choice in our life. So we're going to abandon these idols, and we're going to go to work for God. So there's a drastic change, 180 degrees in the opposite direction. We now work for God. We're doing God's work. And we're learning God's ways, and that's how we're going to live. It's going to be our example. So what examples should you follow? So if you had to make a list, and you had to put three people on your list, who would you put on there? Who do you want to be? people I wanted to be like. He was fun. He helped me. He treated me like an equal when I was just a kid. He took good care of me. He taught me a lot of life's lessons. His wife was Aunt Frida. She was the nastiest person I ever met. I said, I want to be like Uncle Ed, not Aunt Frida. So she was on my bad list and he was on my good list. I don't want to be nasty. So who's on your bad list. There's somebody you can think of. You think, man, I don't want to be like that. You need to find out people who you can say, I can trust that person. I'm thankful for that person. God chose me to do something for him. And if I'm going to do that, then I got choices to make. And I need to make good choices, so I need good examples to do. So in this first chapter, these people have been reached, turned around in their life, and now they had to make good choices, and they did it by being a good example and following their good examples, all right? So that's a good start to Thessalonians, people who straightened their lives out, took that gospel message and spread it. Because here's an important thing. Did you ever talk to somebody who say, you better believe in Jesus, I'm telling you right now, or I'll punch you in the nose. 
You never had anybody say that to you? Well, I've had pretty close to that. I had some kids come here one open house and they said, do you mind if we hang around? I said, sure, you can hang around. So they went up to anybody they, they met and said, you're going to hell. <laughs> and they started chasing people. And some lady trying to get away from them, she ran inside a building and shut the door trying to get away from them. So they weren't very good examples, were they? They were pretty nasty. They were going to tell everybody what's what. See, if you're going to say to people, I want you to believe in Jesus, I want to help you so that you can have peace and you can have eternal life, you can have forgiveness, you can go to heaven when life is over. I want to help you to do that. And then you turn around and you say, we don't like you or whatever. Who's going to listen to you? Somebody comes along and said, you better be a Christian or I'll kill you. <laughs> There's a lot of people done that in the world. A lot of people who have done that kind of thing. So they're a very bad example. And they're coming to people with a good message. Say, here's the good news. You can believe in Jesus. If you're not, I'll kill you. <laughs> you don't think that's true. Believe me, that's true. In the world, there have been a lot of people like that. So you're going to believe what I say? And they become bad examples. So if you're going to work for God, you've got to be a good example. You've got to be doing the things that you should do. If I said, well, I'm a pastor and I'm going to tell you what to do. All right, then I went and ran around and got drunk every night. How would that go? We don't want to do what he says. We're not going to do that. He's a bad example. So we've got to live as good examples so that we can do the work that God chose us to do. Because ultimately, God chose you already. He's already chosen you, given you what he wants you to do. You've got to be a part of this message somehow and join in that message. That's really what the church is for. It gives us a way we can join in and be part of the message. The church has got a message we're given. You're here and say, you say, well, I'm going to clean the church. That's good. That can be a big part. Because if I walked into a church and sat down and there was a crushed up cookie under the pew from two weeks ago, I'd say, man, these people, they're big. I don't want to come here. So cleaning the church is a major deal. You walk, you drive by and you see all the nice flowers blooming and everything. And those people must really care. So planting flowers, mowing the lawn. It's all a part of making our message and our lives match. So when we come in and we're singing a song, well, everybody likes our music. Good. Good. We do music because part of the work. You say, well, I never really talked to anybody about that. Well, you're part of a church that does. And so that's your job to be a part of church that has a good message 
and then find a spot. You've got a work to do for him. He chose you, and you can't go up and say, yeah, I didn't know because we just had this class. And we said in the class, you've been chosen. So you stand before God and say, I didn't know you wanted me. And he'll say, remember when Mr. Olson said you were already chosen? Yeah, you've been chosen to do work. That's what he wants you to do. Okay? We'll go on next week. See what else we got. Thank you.